There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who work out at 4.30 in the morning and those who work out at 4.30 in the afternoon. My wife used to work out in the morning. She'd be at the gym in a class by like 5.30 a.m. I can't even get out of bed to piss at 5.30 a.m. But you want me doing burpees and sprints? There's the, hello, you've reached Justin, please leave a message. And the, hello, you've reached 555-1212, please leave a message. What the hell am I supposed to do with your phone number? I don't even remember my own phone number, and I haven't had to remember a phone number for years. Speaking of that, do you remember your old home phone number? Those who wear a watch on their left hand, the correct and normal way, and those who wear a watch on their right hand, which is just a slap in the face to watch wearers everywhere, especially if you have a nice watch. I feel like if you have a nice watch and you wear it on the wrong hand, I feel like you should automatically be forced to donate that watch to someone else. Unless you're left-handed, and then your right hand is the right hand. There's the, I'll have a coffee, black, person. And then there's the, I'll have a mocha frappa yopo grande whip, person. Now, I love a good latte, and I love a good cappuccino. And in my morning coffee, I'll do a little bit of creamer. But good God, people, that's not a coffee. It's a milkshake and a Starbucks cup. Chicken wings. ay ay ay. Drummies or wings? If there ever was a better example of the juice not being worth the squeeze, it's chicken wings. Now, I love the flavor, and I love the texture, I love everything about it, but I'll always opt for the drums, because at the end of it all, I won't have a pile of 50 napkins and have my face look like my toddler's after she finished breakfast. But even drummies, you're still talking about a lot of effort, a lot of mess, a lot going on for chicken. Good chicken in a lot of cases, but it's still chicken. Those who pee in the shower and those who do not. Now, don't sit there and judge, and don't you run and hide in the shadows, you shower peers. I see you. And you see me, but not in a weird way. There is not a more efficient way to get from A to B than to take out the middleman, which is the toilet. What about runners and lifters? Now, I used to like running, and then I got older, and now I hate running. I don't mind doing sprints on the treadmill or something like that, but my wife asked me a while ago if I wanted to train for a half marathon. She was like, it's a great way to lose weight and get in good shape. You'll love it. And I honestly was like, I'd rather not lose the weight and be in less good of shape than to have to run 13.1 miles. I don't think I can think of anything I'd rather be doing less than that. And I'm not a clanger and banger in the weight room necessarily, although I do enjoy lifting, but just seeing those people jogging in place at the stoplight, checking their pulse in the middle of their nine mile tempo run, just, just go to hell. And don't even get me started on cyclists. All right, enough him and hawing. It's time for today's sponsor, I Wish I Had. <laughs> today's sponsor, I Wish I Had, is a good one. It's something that's near and dear to my heart and something I researched for a full year before I bought it watched a ton of YouTube videos on it, and now I've had this product for about three years so far, and I absolutely love it. And the product is the Kamado Joe Grill. This is an egg-style grill that many people refer to as a smoker, but it's a grill first with the ability to smoke. And as I did my research, I had some experiences cooking on other brands and I have some major takeaways as to what sealed the deal for me on investing in a Kamado Joe. First of all, the handle. Kamado Joe has a legit, robust handle. Now, it might seem like a small detail, but I cannot stress this enough. The handle is the real deal and makes a huge difference compared to some of the competitors. Second of all, the gaskets and the hinges. And this is really important because at the end of the day, the egg cookers from the big companies like Kamado Joe and their competitors, the vessel and the cooking method is basically the same. It's fairly simple. The details is what separates Kamado Joe from everyone else. Aside from the handle, the gaskets and hinges are a major player. 
The wire mesh fiberglass gasket is what will ensure the heat stays inside and that the smoke stays inside. And these gaskets are as beefy as the brisket smoking inside of it. Just thick and well built and they will not crack or break nearly as easily as other brands. And the hinges. When you lift the lid on one of these grills, it is super heavy because the grill is ceramic. So when you lift that lid up, you really need thick and sturdy hinges to hold that lid up. And let's just say I've been at a few friends' houses over the years who have had other brands and need to hold up the lid the entire time because the hinges are not strong enough, even after they've tightened the screws on. And the last big thing that really sold me on the Kamado Joe is what's included when you buy it. You might not realize this, but for the competitors, many of the things that you need in order to actually cook in this thing are not included in the base price. So you end up spending more on all these extra items, or even worse, if your significant other surprises you with this for Father's Day or Christmas or your birthday, and doesn't realize what you need to actually fire up and enjoy your first cook, that will be super disappointing and frustrating. With the Kamado Joe, you get the cooker, obviously, their two-tier divide and conquer flexible cooking system, which are also deflector plates, an ash drawer, grill gripper, and ash tool. Those are not included with all the competitors, so keep that in mind. Bottom line for me, the Kamado Joe is the only choice for a true egg-shaped cooker and smoker. I used to cook professionally for years, and even though there's a big difference between cooking in a kitchen and perfecting the art of grilling and smoking, I know enough to be dangerous with the Kamado Joe, and I've absolutely loved cooking on it. So go check them out at kamadojoe.com. I promise you'll be glad you did. And now it's time for today's guest. His name is Josh Oliver. He and I have been friends for over 20 years. We started out as roommates at St. Norbert College, and we still keep in touch to this day. He's going to fill you in on life with two kids and one income. Okay, so the first day that I met you, I was on the student welcoming committee at St. Norbert, and I helped all the freshmen unload their, their cars and... Uh, bring all their stuff up to the dorm rooms or whatever. And you and I were suite mates, which means there was two rooms and we shared a bathroom and shower. The first day I met you, I think I was up in the room. Do you remember who you thought I was? Oh yeah, I thought you were one of the dads of the guy next door. Because then it was it was time for all the dads to leave and, and you were still sticking around with your full beard. And I'm like, who is this guy? When we were roommates back in the dorms, the first year and the second year, that we, that we knew each other. I also worked for the admissions office and that meant that I would give tours on campus to prospective students. And part of that included once in a while showing them my dorm room, which was our dorm room, or the first year when you were a suite mate sh showing adjoining bathroom. One story that sticks out in particular, I don't know if you remember this, I had to bring a young woman uh, who was looking and I had to bring her up to our room for whatever reason I had to shit my pants so bad there was I couldn't do it and if anybody's ever been in that situation like you reach a point of no return it's like it's either going to happen in the nearest bathroom or it's just going to happen right there on the floor I just said excuse me I'll be right back and like it's a dorm room so it's like a 12 by 12 box right so I went into our adjoining bathroom and shut the door and obviously just had to go to the bathroom so bad, but I was so embarrassed that obviously she was going to hear me because that bathroom echoed like a, like a concert hall. I mean, it was like the best acoustics in the world in there. Do you remember what yeah, I? Yeah, you turned on the shower. What I did? You had to clean the shower curtain. <laughs> turned on the shower, full blast, and uh, afterwards I told her that I was cleaning the shower curtain. Um, it was something that needed to happen immediately. So obviously she bought that hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I don't think you fooled anybody, but um, you know, I, it was quicker than I would have thought there because I don't know what the heck I would have pulled if I went in there. Could you share with everybody 
wife, kids, all that. Sure, yeah. I've uh, been married about 10 years coming up in July. I've got a seven-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl at home. My wife uh, stays at home. She's got a harder job than I do, just doesn't get paid with a paycheck every other Friday like I do. Um, I work for a Fortune 100 company in IT, uh, manage some programming area there. So you, how old were you when your son was born? So at a 30, what was that, 30, I'll be 38, 31 or so, something like that. Yep, 31, 32. Okay, so you guys were married for a couple of years before you yep, we got, before you had yep. your son? Yep, exactly. Yeah, we got married in 2010 okay. and Wesley was born in 2012. You had your son, Wesley, and then you fast forward three, four years and you have your daughter. Yep. So the first time, what was that like on your end? Obviously, the woman does all the heavy lifting having the pregnancy, going through all of that, that's the hard part of it. As guys, we just sit there and, you know, hopefully provide some comfort or some help. But what what were what were your emotions like? Do you remember that, your range of emotions with your firstborn? Yeah, um, lucky for us, we were, I'll say we got pregnant pretty easily. Um, we got to avoid some of that stress and anxiety around will we get pregnant? Thank goodness. It is a shock though, of course, when you hear, hey, we're going to have a kid. Like you, you're prepared, right? <laughs> I was early 30s, had a good job. You know, my wife was working. It's like we've, we've prepared for this our whole lives. No, you know, significant downturns, anything like that. We were, we were set. It's just a, then, a, okay. You know, like then after a week or two and then, you know, the body starts changing. You're like, okay, this is real. You know, it's coming. Yep. A completely different experience. You know, then you get closer too. And I think the hardest thing is when you get closer and we also were lucky, I should say, my wife did not have any morning sickness. She was you know, completely healthy for the entire pregnancy, both of our pregnancies. Um, I'm sure which That's made great. it so much easier. We were, we were very, very lucky that way. Depending on, I'll say hormones or just, you know, the, the process, it's like, how do you best, as a, as a male, as a husband, how do you best support? You know, how often do you ask, how are you doing? You know, are you worried about like being <laughs> overbearing versus just being supportive? You know, it's kind of the same yep. way when you go into the, the delivery room. We did have the situation, I believe, I'm trying to remember now, I think it's with both of our kids where we went in <clears throat> and they checked and they said, you're not quite ready yet. So we came home for like eight hours. Because my wife was in labor for quite a while. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you go home, you, you leave. We grabbed a sub, you know, on the way home. You eat, you go to bed for a few hours, you get back up. We did, both times. And yes, and I remember it was both times. Um, what kind of sub? One was Herbert's and Gerbert's, and the second one was Cousins. And Cousins is way better. Yes. Um, you know what? Herbert's and Gerbert's is legendary in De Pere. Yeah, it's gone now. It's, uh, it's called Aunt Ethel's, and it's a video game bar. You should come up and check it out sometime. Yeah. Really? Um, that's, that's what I older versus Gerberts is. It's uh, one of those then, you know, because then you start to get, and I can't imagine from, you know, the, the mom perspective of the exhaustion versus just as a dad. Yeah, for the, for, for the guys out there that um, are thinking about whether or not to be in the room, it is a different experience. That's awesome that Jackie had a great experience both times. Beth did as well, but they gave, the, they gave Beth epidural, first of all. For any guy that's, uh, yeah, you think you're brave. Just you can be in the room. Just do not look at anything, which I did not. But that fucking needle is like as long as a javelin. But they gave it to her, and it only worked. I guess like they, you have to like lay on one side of your body or something, and then you mm -hmm. flip and you lay on yep. the other side so the medicine disperses. Which really science, like, <laughs> you can yeah, inject right. it with something. You just have to lay on one side. <laughs> like, for whatever reason, it only worked on uh, one of Beth's sides. So they gave her like another dose or whatever. And that only worked on the same side as well. So she had like a double dose on one side of her body. And the other side had nothing. So she was feeling like 
everything on one side of her body, which is terrible. But the funny part that she can laugh at now, and so I'm allowed to laugh at now, is her other side was like numb. And her face was kind of droopy. And she couldn't keep her leg on the bed. It kept like sliding off. So she would be being there and we'd be talking and she'd be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And I'd have to run around to the other side of the bed and grab her tree trunk of a leg and like hoist it back up on the bed. Yeah, she's walking like 50 cents for two tree. weeks after her thing because she's limp on one side. <laughs> she can like have a lean going on. Fast forward, have the two kids and your dad now. Do you see anything from you as a kid, from your parents that comes through for you now as a parent? I was pretty lucky to have you know, parents that were not divorced and a lot of friends in the same situation. So I grew up very fortunate and I guess you don't realize it, but you see the different home makeups of your friends when you spend a lot of times in certain households and certain kind of things like parenting styles that work really well. So what I tried to do is, you know, pick up a lot of that throughout the years. Um, And I I find myself actually, actually trying to practice that. Like if there's something that I don't like that my parents did or that I really thought they did great about, you know, practicing those. I don't know if, if you call it work ethic or just how you approach parenting. Not necessarily like the what you do, but how you go about it. Like the, you know, like you you will have a good meal. Like we try to sit down and have a family dinner every single night, the four of us. Um, and we were just talking about that last night at dinner, that how lucky and fortunate we are to be able to do that. Um, yeah, that's rare nowadays. You know, tw- you know, 29 of every 30, unless I'm traveling for work, but 29 of every 30 nights of the week, you know, we, we will be able to do that. And the other thing too is I, I try to realize, because I grew up in a household too where my dad was working and my mom stayed home, um, you know, in summers, of course, um, you know, with, with the kids and, um, my cousins would stay with us too, not overnight, but every day, you know, my cousins would be there in the morning to go to school. They'd come to school with us cause we all went to the same school after school. They'd be with us for an hour or two and then their parents would come pick them up. And in summer we were all together all day. So it was like four of us. Um, so I realized that my mom, you know, had these rules or, you know, how she ran the house Well, my dad was gone. Right. And then yep. dad got home. And um, so what I try to do is when I'm at work and come home and go, I have no clue what kind of day they had yeah, or, right. or how she tries to do things. I try not to overstep or say, sure, you can have a treat or, you know, go ahead and have that cookie or yeah, go play with your friends. I usually like, it's weird, but I try yep. to check in with her and like, is this okay? Not, not trying to be a differential parent and not take on the parenting responsibilities, but also don't know is was he outside for seven hours playing with this kid already today or sitting there playing video games for all day. And she's got her rules or the ways that she runs things in order to keep some sort of sanity and, and consistency. You yep. got to follow a process. And yeah. I mean, that's I, a good point. Like, you know, Jackie's home all day and she's working all day to not, not have the cookie as a snack. And then you come in at five fifteen. Yeah. you're like, Hey, cookies for everyone. <laughs> like, it's not only that. Then, then all of a sudden she's the bad guy and I'm the good guy. So you mentioned you come home every day and you try to check in with, with Jackie and make sure like you guys are kind of on the same page as far as what's going on and where you can support and all that. Is there something now that you, that you look at maybe in the past, uh, the first couple of years as being a dad, or even now that you still deal with and say like, this is kind of like the, the biggest daily struggle that I have as a dad. I think the hardest thing I'll say is because she does, you know, most of the cooking, most of the cleaning, right? She does that. Um, and she's fantastic. You know, I think the hardest thing, and this all kind of ties together, was I come home and she, she will have dinner. And then it's time to clean up and do dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the choice to make, right, is do we do dishes now, right after dinner, and lose that time with the kids? You know, do sure. I do dishes because I wasn't home at all today to do any chores, but the kids want to yep. play with me because I also wasn't home. You know, does she do the dishes? Do the dishes sit? And if we let them sit, then you do them after the kids go to bed at like 7, 30, 8 o'clock. It's little things like that, though, where, you know, like um, whatever problems you have are going to become the biggest problems. Do you feel or, or did you feel 
having two kids? Because you said they were, what, three three to four years apart, right? Three years, yep. You had Wes and you were able to get a couple of years under your belt, mm-hmm. kind of had the parent thing figured out, and then you had your daughter. So as she was a newborn, you know, first first year, did you and Jackie or either one or both have a sense of kind of feeling like you were just drowning with two kids? Because I mean, I feel that sometimes still, and we only have one, you know, and yeah. my mom is here to help. So I'm like, I can't even imagine parents with two, three, four kids. Like, holy shit. We did pretty well, I think, with two, but I'll say two adds a whole nother complex. You know, like, it's, I've heard people say that, you know, going from one to two is harder than going from two to three or three to four. Cause once you have so many, you know, I think it's about yeah. the age gap. Just think about like when you have one kid, when they're napping or when they're down and they're tired, you have time to yourself. And with yeah. two kids, very, very rarely are they both doing that at the same time. <laughs> so it's like no downtime ever. I think that's the hardest thing, right? Um, and you mentioned this before, which was one of the things I was interested to talk to you about two kids and one income. That's the same household that I grew up in. My dad worked, my mom did not. So I'm curious to know what what that experience is like for you guys as parents. Was that a decision that, that you guys sat down and made? Was that something that you kind of knew going into the pregnancy? How did you get to, how did you arrive at that decision? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my wife was, a you know, did have a career as well before, you know, we had Wesley. Um, you know, she used to live in Chicago and work with, I think it was Hyatt down there before I met her. And then she came up here and she was the event planner kind of coordinator for weddings and large events at a local, um, I'll say state historical park, you know, nonprofit. Um, so she had a lot of experience and, and um, did some other financial stuff too, assisting a friend that ran a financial business for a bit there too. Um, but being in the position she was with the nonprofit, you know, it's, and the events that she had, there were sometimes evenings, weekends, and being a nonprofit, the, the pay isn't great anyways. So by the time yeah. we start looking as, hey, we want to have two kids, you know, we're having one to start, of course, hopefully, and then another one later. Yeah. Um, you know, the pay differential, once you start sending them to daycare and then getting up in the morning, getting them all set, go off the stress, who's going to cook, who does this, you know, all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it was just kind of one of those where let's try it and see how it goes. And she yep. was open to it. She's a fantastic mother, fantastic wife. Uh, she's, she's great <clears throat> at, at doing that. So again, we got kind of lucky that way. I think it also depends on, on your spending habits and your lifestyle, right? Since she was working for a nonprofit, you know, we weren't pulling in X amount more money, right? So we were kind of living kind of off one income, I'll say anyways. So losing that income wasn't as big of a blow to us especially when you consider daycare diapers, everything else is going to go into it. So, um, but of course, if you're living and spending 98% of your paycheck every two weeks and you just can't go without it, you might not have a choice. Um, yeah. But, you know, we tried not never to get in that situation. So, so yeah, now, um, yep, single income. It works out well for us too. I think the hardest thing to realize is that, you know, you're, um, there, there's, there's minimal fallback, right? So we try to save a lot of money. Um, we put a lot in our um, IRAs and our 401k and just in savings in general, we try to save a lot of money. Because if something unforeseen were to happen, there's no fallback there, right? Depending on what job market it is yep. at the time, you know, can you, I mean, does the company go under? Do I lose my job? Does whatever happens, right? Am I able to get another yep. job? Is she able to get a job? You know, what do you do? How does that take six months, two months? You got to be able to survive for some amount of time. You don't have that, you know, other income you can rely on. What kind of conversation or planning did you guys do to come to an agreement as far as who does what, Like, right? Like you said before, uh, Jackie does most of the cooking and cleaning. How do you try to weave in and out of there as far as, you know, is it more traditional where, hey, I'll do the yard work and, um, you know, bang my thumb with the hammer when I'm outside hanging yeah, right. the Christmas lights? Or or how how does that work as far as, 
you know, getting the groceries and just, just sort of the daily life. Did you guys come to sort of some sort of an agreement? Yeah, I think some of it is unspoken too, or as I mentioned, it does change over time. Um, you know, cause I'll say when they were one, two, three, like, you know, or even younger is I would do dishes almost every single night, you know, like, so she would cook and then I would do dishes. And that was kind of the you know, semi-spoken arrangement that we had, right? Every once in a while, we'd you know change it up a little bit. But and and now lately, it's been more of she's been doing actually more of the cooking and dishes. Not all the time, you know. It's just sometimes again that that's kind of just easier. You kind of just see how the night goes, you know, or how the day's been and how you feel. Um, so it's never not, not this hard rule of I do this at six a.m. You do this for meals. I do this for cooking, cleaning. She loves to cook, right? And I love really good food. But I'm also very simple in nature in terms of put a bowl of mac and cheese in me and, you know, and I'll, I'll be fine. So I come up with, she's like, I need meal ideas because that's like one of the most stressful things is meal ideas, meal ideas. And I come up with these things. She's like, well, that's kind of, you know, or she, you can tell that she thinks it's kind of boring or it's like not what I was thinking. It's like, okay, then I'll stop trying then, you know, like I've given you like 15 like of these very simple things because, you know, my brain doesn't go, let's do this. You know, I don't want to offer like a 15 course meal that I expect her to put out, you know, like either like. Where do you find that yeah. middle ground? So hard of it is that meal planning. So we try we try as a family just to talk through you know, a couple, you know, tacos like we have like once every week or two. It's just a staple in our house, you know, like it makes things easier that. But, you know, the yard work, she also grew up on 40, 40 acres in the middle of nowhere in central Wisconsin. So she knows her way around the tool shed or to, you know, how, how to handle things. And she loves the yard work. So sometimes actually in summer, we'll fight over mowing the lawn and getting outside for an hour about who gets to do that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It helps that we have two people who want to make it work. I think maybe that's the story here is that yeah. it's like a marriage. You know, you got to put in effort. You have to want to make it work. A family doesn't just move along easily by itself. All right. As we wrap things up here, I've got some uh, rapid fire questions uh, in a little segment I call put the kids to bed. Okay. Your alcoholic drink of choice is? Bourbon. Um, Jefferson's Ocean is what I'm drinking right now. Yep. During the birth of your children, were you north or south of the equator? Oh, I was south. You were south. Oh yeah, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I was all, I'm all into that. I love. <laughs> I want to learn. Show me what's going on. Yeah. I want to learn. Yeah. All right. At home, are you allowed to load the dishwasher? Oh yeah. Yep. Is it like Tetris for you? No, I'm always like rearranging stuff. You are. Oh, there's a better way to fit this stuff in there. Yep. How do you drink your coffee? In a mug. No, we um we actually make AeroPress <laughs> just about every morning. Grind your own coffee beans, um, teapot on the stove, um, make an AeroPress. Last date night you and the wife had? Pre-coronavirus. You got to find time. So back to the story. A couple of weeks ago, we met up Tyler, who you just uh, did one of the other episodes yep. with. Um, his wife and Jackie and I, we went to... Um, bourbon uh, a bourbon and meal tasting at this high end of awesome awesome restaurant town called Shifusion. so um old forester awesome. was was the yep the distiller that was there partnering it was i think it was a seven course meal partnered each course partnered with like a different drink or different bourbon pairing so that was cool oh yeah yeah That's it awesome. was awesome five course thanks for the invite it was awesome yeah i'm sorry there were only four spots left so i invited tyler's wife before i invited you <laughs> do you have a, any runner-up names for your kids that you did not name them but were going to? We didn't, actually. Uh, yeah, that is one of the other hardest parts is picking names, right? You know, the baby comes out and you start calling them in and you're like, gosh, I hope this sounds right. You know, like, it's, like, it's weird. <laughs> Uh, but we settled on the names probably two, three weeks beforehand. Well, I should say I should say that is because we had, we didn't find out we were surprised with both, both births. Um, oh, so you didn't know if you had a boy no, or a girl? we didn't know gender for either one uh, on purpose. Um, 
but for the life of me, I cannot remember what the names were if it was going to be a girl for Wesley, if it was going to be a boy for Lila. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for being on and, uh, and chatting about this. That's pretty cool stuff. Bring it in. Okay, before we close out for today, it's time for our Just the Tip segment. And today's Just the Tip segment is all about gray and brown. For quite a while now, we've all been stuck in our homes with nowhere to go and certainly nowhere important to go. But when life does return back to normal, we're going to need to head into the closet, grab our button-down and dress pants, which hopefully still fit, and head back out to the office for a sales call, for a job interview, whatever. And one thing I wanted to offer as a piece of advice is a color combination that often gets overlooked when it comes to dressing up for guys. By now, we should all have a gray suit in our closet or at least a gray pair of pants. And we usually pair that suit or pants with a white or blue shirt and belt and shoes and head out the door. But a lot of guys pick a black belt and black shoes to go with the gray. And while that's fine if you have a white shirt and a black tie, a much better and softer option is to pair brown. Now, I'm not talking about poop brown. I'm talking about a brighter and lighter brown or a bolder brown. Paired with a gray suit or pants and a white, blue, or even lavender shirt, it's outstanding color combination. And it's much softer and easier on the eyes than black. So, when it's time for a new belt, new pair of shoes, don't throw the brown out with the bathwater, unless your kid just pooped in the tub. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week when we break down whiskeys, bourbon, scotch, and the like.